Welcome to this episode of Disease Du Jour, where we're going to do a preview of topics of interest from the 2020 AAEP Virtual Convention with the Technical Services Veterinarian Team at Merck Animal Health. Merck Animal Health is the 2020 sponsor of this podcast, and we are pleased to announce that Merck will be joining us again in 2021 as the sponsor of Disease Du Jour podcast. Before we begin, here's a brief outline of what the 2020 AAEP Virtual Convention will offer. Beginning on Tuesday, December the 1st, you'll have access to on-demand sessions. From Tuesday, December 1st through Friday, December 18th, there will be live table topics via Zoom, two per day. From Saturday, December 5th through Wednesday, December 9th, AAP will have its convention primetime. This will feature sessions such as the Castor News Hour and the Milne State-of-the-Art Lecture. Trade show hours for exhibitor chats and product demonstrations will take place during primetime as well as social events in the student program. The AAP wanted to make sure everyone knows that although selected educational sessions will be presented live during the convention primetime, those and all other educational sessions will be available for viewing on demand until June 30th, 2021, enabling you to watch sessions when it's most convenient for you. And to give you some tips on sessions, topics, and presenters that you don't want to miss are our guests for today's Disease Du Jour podcast, Dr. Fairfield Bain, Dr. Earl Gaughan, Dr. Bryant Craig, Dr. Dwayne Chappell, Dr. Chrissy Schneider, and Dr. Craig Barnett. Since many veterinarians who attend live conventions love the hallway chats they have, we wanted to bring you a taste of that in this episode. So we're going to hear from each of these veterinarians about topics and presenters they're excited to see and hear at this year's virtual AAEP convention. And as a bonus, on December the 31st, after the live portion of the convention is over, we will reconvene with this group to hear what their takeaways were from the convention presentations they attended. So if you can't attend all of these presentations, make sure to catch the Disease to Shore podcast on December 31st for their takeaways. So we're going to start with Dr. Fairfield Bain. Dr. Bain, what are your top picks to attend at this 2020 AAP virtual convention and why? All righty. Well, hello, everybody. I just thought I'd list a few of the ones that really stood out to me and, and starting off is feeding performance horses with myopathies. And I think we all recognize that uh, a variety of uh, muscle disorders in a performance horse are incredibly common in practice. And so how to manage them um, is, is every uh, bit as important as we could um, prepare ourselves. And that includes nutritionally uh, managing them. And Dr. Joe Pagan is one of probably our better known um, nutritionist in the business. And I think he is going to be prepared to, you know, give you a ride through uh, the energetic metabolism as far as muscle disorders and how we can approach those maybe in a preventative fashion from the nutritional management. So I really look forward to seeing what Joe has to say. Um, the next one up on my list, I think, is, is also really important, is how to interpret history and physical exam findings of a horse with acute abdomen by Dr. Louise Southwood at uh, University of Pennsylvania. And with all the diagnostics that we hear about th this day and age, I think it's never more important to remember that the basics, the art of medicine, are the history and the physical exam. So when you have an expert like Dr. Southwood, um, that's going to go over that. I think that's something to really pay attention to. And, and therein lies our real value as equine veterinarians. And right behind that, I, I put how to perform a diagnostic flash or the, 
the abdominal ultrasound examination by Chris Navas at also at the University of Pennsylvania. And Chris is uh, an incredibly good sonographer. And I feel pretty confident he's going to deliver a presentation that is going to get you comfortable going through the abdomen of a horse. And even somebody who has not a lot of ultrasound experience will probably come away from that um, feeling like, hey, I can do this. And so that's one that I look forward to watching. And then my my brother from another, Dr. Nathan Slovis at Haggard, is going to talk about diarrhea and the neonate. And is there anything new? And, you know, that's the question is um, diagnostically finding out the real answer is is sort of a, a challenge in our world. And I'm sure that a lot of people in the audience will have had this problem and you may come up with what you think is the diagnosis and maybe we're running down the wrong path. And so I think Nathan is going to guide us through a lot of the newer techniques, especially molecular technologies that are going to help us pick, you know, what's going on. And then the next step is therapeutically how to manage those. So I suspect Nathan is going to come, you know, with a really nice presentation about that whole flow um, and help us out uh, in that uh, direction of neonatal diarrheas. And then kind of the last one um, I picked was computed tomographic assessment of brain damage by various firearms to determine euthanasia efficacy of horses by Dr. Lund. And I picked this one. It's a topic that's very serious for us as equine practitioners. Uh, you know, I always thought if you're going to be good at something, be good at euthanasia. And um, it sounds contrary to the most of the ways we practice medicine, but I feel like really confident that pretty much everybody in the audience is going to want to learn about this. I think the challenge that we think of using firearms in practice these days is that uh, perhaps it's not as socially or politically um, acceptable in a lot of people's minds. It's been proven to be one of the most effective um, forms of euthanasia. And having served in the past on the ABMA panel on euthanasia, I, I feel pretty strongly about that. And so it is something that I would encourage practitioners to understand and be familiar with. And if you're not um, familiar with firearms, I think this presentation is probably going to give you some in-depth information because we really have not had a lot of uh, basic science applied to this technique, really. And so I think they're going to show you um, how to choose what type of firearm and, you know, what the, the changes might happen in the brain. They're using CT imaging to assess that and give you some kind of guidance. And so I would encourage everybody to pay attention to this. It, it might not be high on your list because you might not know what kind of information they're going to present to you, but I can tell you I'm sh pretty sure that's going to be very valuable, and I would encourage people to pay attention to this technique. Um, and so that's kind of my list. I think I, I started off with those because they're kind of fit in my wheelhouse, but I think they're also something that a lot of people in our audience it, it, um, would get some value out of. Thank you, Fairfield. We really appreciate that. Um, Dr. Gaughan, unfortunately, was unable to join us for this recording. As you know, these, these uh, technical service veterinarians get very busy trying to assist uh, the veterinarians in the field. So I believe that Dr. Barnett 
is going to uh, give Dr. Gons picks. So, Dr. Barnett. And Dr. Bain, that was a good list. I, your uh, thoughts on those topics you're going to talks you're going to attend were really good. So, thank you for that. And I'll do my best at trying to fill Dr. Gons' shoes, which is a tough task. But he he uh, gave me a list of some of the talks that he's interested in. So I'll try to kind of highlight some of those for Dr. Gon in his absence. Unfortunately, he's unable to join us today. So his first one was sports medicine, diseases with surgical options. And uh, this is a live presentation, I believe. Um, Dr. Gon states as a surgeon, this talk uh, caught his eye. It's always interesting to hear how injuries and anatomical problems uh, can be managed through carefully considered surgical manipulations. So spoken like a, a true surgeon there. I'm hoping uh, he's, Dr. Gon said he's hoping that speakers will also offer some new insights into, into uh, traditionally challenging problems for athletic horses. So uh, that sounds like an interesting presentation, one that Dr. Gon's expressed a, a keen interest in. Uh, his second one is, uh, this one didn't surprise me at all from Dr. Gon, is why vets leave practice. Amy Grice, this is an on-demand session. And as many of you know, Dr. Gon spent a great deal of his professional career in academia and also helping new graduates uh, early professional career. So I think he has a interest and a concern about why vets leave practice. His comments were that we have had quite a few conversations in recent years about how difficult it has become to identify and retain veterinarians in equine practice. Uh, he believes much of this originates from new graduates finding they are not prepared with the skills needed to be successful in practice. So the frustrations can be uh, significant and immediate. And adding to this, the hours that are required to do the job, uh, the physical demands on the work and relatively low pay does not make a positive formulation for success. So uh, it's going to be good to hear uh, what the speakers will offer as potential solutions. And as Dr. Gon says, uh, we need to find some answers because the horse still colics at 2 a.m., which is a very true statement. Uh, his third talk was uh, biologicals. I think this is uh, biological therapies. This is a table topic. Uh, Dr. Gon states this has been an area of great interest in the last decade or more. His symptom and disease-modifying agents appear to hold a lot of promise for injured horses and even some with developmental orthopedic disease. However, it has been interesting to observe that the FDA has not seemed to want it to become involved in, the line of in this line of therapeutics, which can lead veterinarians to sort out the many claims that have been made. So, this talk will likely be a good review of the current state-of-the-art of biologic therapies and hopefully offer a guide to treatment selection for appropriate cases. That should be an interesting table topic. The next one is also another table topic that Dr. Gon selected was pain management. And I believe, uh, Kim, as you know, Dr. Gon is, uh, you know, obviously is a surgeon and, and uh, practitioner. He's been involved with in paint with a lot of pain management in, in equine and the horse and I believe didn't he do a podcast with you just last week on pain management Kim yes he did and is going it, it appeared you can go back it was episode 41 acute versus chronic pain management in horses it was very interesting 
Yeah, thank you, Kim. I thought that was the case. So uh, obviously, Dr. Gaunt's got an interest in pain management, and he's spoken on that subject a lot. And so he's going to attend this session. Managing pain in horses often requires a multimodal approach. Hopefully, this talk will review the various agents available to produce analgesia for the horses. Uh, it would also be helpful to hear the rationales applied uh, when selecting the methods available to treat horses in pain. I think that's a very good comment, uh, you know, to see what rationale uh, the folks that give this table talk, what rationales they apply when selecting the different methods for uh, analgesia. And Dr. Gon's last one, novel approach to tendon healing, a tabletop, another table topic. Uh, the speakers for this talk are known for their creativity and dedication to finding new approaches for well-known challenging tissues like tendons. Uh, we've been doing a lot of different things in recent years, many with early impressions of success that may not stand the test of time. So this talk will very likely offer some new and encouraging possibilities and insights to speed and improve uh, tendon healing. And Dr. Gons thinking this talk will build on the earlier one on the biologics, uh, biologic therapies. So those two may have a link there as far as putting those two the information from those two table topics together to come away with some very practical and useful information uh, for the practitioners. So those are the topics, Kim, that Dr. Gons, the, the top five anyway, that he's interested in attending. And those are his thoughts that I shared very briefly there for that. Well, I really appreciate that. And um, we I'm, I'm sorry he couldn't join us live, but uh, I, I really understand and enjoy the table topics myself, so I can understand why he picked several of those. So now we're going to go to Dr. Bryant Craig. What are your top picks at the AAP Virtual Convention and why? Today's Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the makers of prestige vaccines, Banamine, Panicure, Regimate, Protozil, and other trusted equine health solutions. Merck Animal Health works for you and for horses. Learn more about Merck Animal Health's comprehensive portfolio of products, as well as their ongoing investment in our industry, profession, and community at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. Well, thanks, Kim, for having us on to do this. And um, first off, I want to say, while uh, the virtual is going to be a new experience for all of us, and in some ways, I'm looking forward to it because many times I, I pick out talks that I want to go see and um, get wrapped up in other business um, standing on the convention floor and, and end up missing them. So uh, with this format, I'm, I'm hopeful to be able to see all the topics that I've got marked and, and get a lot out of this AEP. Um, and by virtue of having them all on demand, um, that should be entirely possible. So kind of looking forward to that that new angle to it, even though I'm going to miss seeing all my, my friends and um, <clears throat> people in the industry. Um, this will add a, a little bit more accessibility for, for me anyway. So the first one that I have picked out to uh, pay close attention to is the significance of radiographic findings in racehorses um, uh, led by Dr. Sue Stover. And, you know, this is something uh, that I encountered a lot in practice and um, <clears throat> pre-sale radiographs where 
you look at the films and, and sometimes you just have to go on your, your own intuition or your, your own experience kind of anecdotally. Um, and it's always nice to, <clears throat> to have a kind of measured approach to these kind of things to lean on, um, and to support what you're thinking. So, um, excited to see what, what comes about, um, when I get to watch that lecture, uh, the second one, um, how to feed the overweight performance horse, uh, by Megan Shepard. And, you know, as we have improved the, the lives of older horses and, and we've improved the nutrition of horses and, and, and kind of changed how they're raised, um, we see a lot more overweight horses out there. And uh, I would say overweight is a much more common problem than the underweight horse anymore when you get into that performance arena. So um, just learning some tips and tricks to pass on to to customers and clients and friends um, is going to be a big help. Um, I know I've got a couple at home that that fit in this category, so I'm interested to learn <clears throat> the latest and greatest there. The third one, um, use of inter interleukin-6 as a biomarker for ascending placentitis by Dr. Fedorka. Um, and this one's near and dear to my heart, uh, having managed giant groups of broodmares while I was in practice. Um, you know, you go through them this time of year and you're, you're doing your ultrasound scans and measuring placental thickness and trying to decide if <clears throat> that <clears throat> fluid looks right or that placenta maybe is a little bit off. Um, and it would be nice to have uh, some sort of biomarker to either give you a, an earlier indication or maybe cement those feelings you have when, you, when you're looking at that ultrasound or doing that exam. So I'm interested to see what, what that brings as far as an ability for us to diagnose an, an ascending placentitis earlier and more definitively and maybe avoid some <clears throat> unneeded use of antibiotics or employ antibiotics a little bit quicker in the case where, where they're needed. So um, that one is, is of high interest to me. Uh, the fourth one um, that I want to pay attention to is association of mRNA biomarkers with catastrophic racing injuries in thoroughbreds uh, by Alan Page. And again, you know, anything we can do to give us an earlier indication of a disease process is going to help us with diagnosis and treatment. So if we can find a biomarker that's um, you know easily obtainable and, and easily processed is going to help in that uh, terrible outcome of, of racing injuries that we're faced with sometimes. So um, hopefully that has some promise and um, something we can put into place to uh, prevent those types of injuries coming in the future. And then the last one, um, Assisted Reproductive Techniques Table Topic uh, by Dr. Hendricks and Hatzel. Um, just excited to see what may be forthcoming, what advances have been made in the last few years as we become closer and closer to commercial viability of a lot of these techniques uh, with oocyte aspiration occurring in lots of different clinics around, um, coupled with the ICSI procedure, and then just the advances we've made, um, you know, with embryo vitrification, uh, different types of um, frozen semen extenders and usage, and, and then coupling all those things together, um, you know, it's, it's become a 
kind of a new frontier in equine reproduction and just <clears throat> get excited to see what's coming next. Well, that's great. Thank you very much, Dr. Craig. And I'm, I'm going to keep you on for just a second because I know Dr. Chapel had a, uh, a commitment come up. And so I wondered if you would just cover his list that he really wanted to attend and, and point out for other folks. You bet. I'll, I'll try to do Dr. Chapel justice here on, on his list. And the, the first one he's got uh, is a table talk managing the mare with the abnormal ester cycle led by Dr. McHugh and Linton. And, you know, I think this is something that anybody that's managed mares uh, has come <clears throat> to be faced with, uh, especially early in the year. Those abnormal ester cycles can, can be a headache for all of us. So um, that'll be an interesting one to, to hear the talk banner around on, on what, how people manage those and what strategies they may use to <clears throat> combat those abnormal cycles. Uh, the next one he's got written down is the pre-purchase exam, ethical dilemmas and best practices led by Dr. Morgan. Um, again, anybody that's been in practice for any length of time has probably in pre-purchase exam with maybe a, the seller is your client or you've got a conflict of interest with the buyer and the seller. Um, you know, maybe we've got a, an injury that that you found that nobody was aware of and it becomes an uncomfortable situation, but, but we're faced with um, <clears throat> revealing it to both parties. So uh, lots of different things can happen in that pre-purchase exam that puts us square in the middle of an ethical dilemma. So uh, again, hearing other practitioners thoughts and um, proper practices there will be a big help to everybody. The third one he's got is how to support immune function by Lori Warren. And this is one as we've gotten into the age of, of horses being transported cross country, you know, up and down the coasts as they, they chase summer and the, the show seasons. And, and we've got race horses transported all over the world. Um, immune function is a big, big <clears throat> subject. And as we do get all those mixings of, populations inevitably uh, infectious disease can become an issue so anything we can do to support immune function is is going to be important so that's going to be interesting to learn new ways to to possibly help the horse in that process the fourth one he's got is titled inflammatory biomarkers in the low volume lavage of mares with endometritis so Again, that kind of goes along with with the <clears throat> interleukin-6 talk that I am interested in. Um, any biomarker that we can find to help us diagnose and, and more quickly and efficiently treat infections in the mare is going to be a, as a big help as we try to avoid antibiotic use as much as possible, but be able to judiciously use it when needed. So something like this will be of great help um, as those <clears throat> endometritis cases can be very tricky and, and a lot of times we don't get a great indication of, of what's going on there. So any uh, biomarker that, that is viable is, is going to be a welcome addition to our arsenal. And then the fifth one he's got is how to employ the four principles approach for resolving ethical dilemmas in equine practice. 
And again, uh, so that one's on demand uh, by Barb Crab. And, you know, we in equine practice are often faced with those ethical dilemmas. So being able to have kind of a didactic approach to it and, and a way to think through that framework is going to be helpful to any practitioner out there as they battle the everyday dilemma of, of just being in medical practice, veterinary practice, and, and equine practice in specific. Well, great. Thank you very much, Dr. Uh, Bryant. I really uh, appreciate that. Um, now we're going to go to Dr. Christy Schneider. So what are your top picks to attend and at the virtual convention and how come? Hi, Kim. Hi, everybody. Thanks for this opportunity to talk about AEP. I'm getting excited, um, as I think a lot of people are, too. I'm also, as Dr. Craig said, you know, disappointed I won't be able to see the people that I'm always excited to see at AEP. But um, I agree, you know, we'll have access to these lectures uh, for quite a while after um, and then also hopefully can attend some live stuff, too. So, um the lectures and table topics that I picked, um, kind of a variety of topics, but the first one is diagnosing the neurologic field, excuse me, diagnosing the neurologic horse in the field. And that's a table topic that's going to be facilitated by Dr. Amy Johnson and Dr. Steve Reed. And, you know, what, as a general practitioner, you know, being faced with neurologic horse, um, there, the possibilities seem endless, and I think guidance, you know, as far as what's going on, and so any guidance that we can get as far as you know, sorting through those differentials, um, especially when a lot of those differentials have tricky diagnostic tests that come along uh, with them, like Lyme disease, um, CVSM or, or wobblers, and EPM, and then when you add in, you know, the potential risk of rabies with any neurologic horse that kind of adds to uh, the tricky situation. So, you know, learning how others are handling these challenges and having the opportunity to ask questions um, in the table topic setting, I think will be great. Then the next one that I'm really looking forward to is the Milne lecture. Uh, I always look forward to the Milne lecture every year. Um, and, you know, the speakers are always, of course, at the top of their field and really just a great time for them to showcase kind of, you know, what they've experienced in their careers, um, which is always great to, to listen to as somebody kind of on, still, I think I would say I'm on the earlier side of my career. Um, and so that's, that's always exciting. And this year is no different. Um, Dr. John Hubble is giving the Milne lecture this year, and he was one of my teachers at Ohio State, both as a vet student and during my residency there. And so I know he has a wealth of knowledge um, to share, and he always has really great stories to go along with that that are really fun to listen to. So I think he'll do a great job. And then the third um, presentation I'm looking forward to is the ophthalmology table topic. In practice, you know, I've really um, focused on equine ophthalmology. I enjoy it. Um, there's always something new coming up on the horizon, it seems like. And I think the table topic, this is uh, going to be led by Dr. Leslie Easterwood and Dr. Carol Clark. And I'm sure they'll have some great insights to share, but also since it's a table topic, you know, a great way to get your questions answered and to get tips um, thrown out by other practitioners um, that are dealing with these problems in the field and kind of what they like and, and how they approach their eye cases. And then the fourth topic I chose um, that I'm looking forward to 
to watching is um, mentoring new grads and introducing them into a practice. And I think kind of going along the lines of Dr. Gon's, um, you know, lecture, why vets are leaving practice, you know, I think let's focus on, or I think it's a good idea to focus on the early years in a, an equine practitioner's career. And I think that's a really a critical time that we can make a big difference in uh, their comfort in practice, their success in practice, and their longevity um, in equine practice, which of course we all want to support. So I really think that mentoring new grads should be a focus ideally for our whole equine uh, veterinary community uh, and hopefully make equine practice a field that our colleagues want to stay in for the long haul. And then the last one um, is part of the back to basics, the acute abdomen in the field. Uh, this will be on demand. And I know Dr. Bain mentioned a few other uh, topics within this kind of umbrella um, of um, yeah, managing the acute abdomen. And so specifically the one about how to manage a horse with colic in the field. Um, and that'll be, uh, given by Dr. Blixlogger. And I think whether you're a new grad or whether you've been treating colicky horses for decades in the field, I think that we and our equine patients, um, can definitely benefit from thinking outside the box, learning some new ideas, um, you know, thinking about, different ways you can approach things and, and it just gives you more tools in your toolbox. So I think that'll be a really uh, practical and accessible um, lecture for everybody. Well, that's great. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate that, Dr. Schneider. Um, Dr. Barnett, uh, what are your and why this year? Well, Kim, actually most of mine have already been covered by my great colleagues here <laughs> that have given theirs, which was a great representation of a lot of the really good talks that are available, going to be available this year through, through AEP. And I would echo what Brian and Christy said about, you know, the virtual meeting. It, it's, uh, it's a new, new thing for us, but uh, I think one advantage it's going to provide to me, like Brian said, is just going to be able to, to see those sessions that sometimes I, I, I plan to go to, and then I get sidetracked or stumbled up and don't get a chance to go see them. So a lot of these, you know, they're going to be on, they're going to be available, I believe, into June. Uh, isn't that right, Kim? A lot of them will be available where you That's can right, the still end of see June. those. That's right, to the end of June. Yeah. yeah. So the, the only one I, that wasn't covered that I, that I have a strong, keen interest in is, a, is a, it's actually an AEP virtual showcase. Though These were formerly called the Sunrise Sessions. Uh, this one that I've, I'm really interested in is, is a presentation by Dr. Nicola Persterla entitled Practical Tips for the Diagnosis and Prevention of EPM. Uh, that one is live on Sunday, the 6th, at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. But I do believe that after the live presentation, it's going to be recorded and it will be able to be uh, viewed on demand. Uh, you know, Dr. Persterla's a really well-known equine infectious disease expert. He's not only seen a lot of clinical cases of EPM in the, in the field at the university, uh, but he's also done a lot of research on EPM and he's published a lot of, on EPM. So he should, you know, he's obviously credentialed and and uh, in a position to be able to provide us a lot of information with regards to EPM, which I think continues to present challenges to horse owners and practitioners 
and uh, you know the, the serial prevalence across the U.S. Is, is still quite high. Practitioners still see a lot of EPM cases, and I think every and it seems like that all the EPM presentations are, are generally well attended, which attests to the to the interest level that it still maintains to the general practitioner. So I'm anxious to hear what tips uh, Dr. Pesterlo is going to be sharing. Uh, with regards to diagnosis and prevention of EPM. So some, I think you'll be sharing some new thoughts and new tips, so I'm anxious to, to hear that. And I think that wraps up mine. Yeah, and, and I always love hearing him talk because he's got such great research-based comments to share with veterinarians in the field. So I, I, I want to make sure and not miss that one. So are there yep. any final thoughts or comments that you would like to add? No, just uh, I would encourage you know listeners uh, if they have any questions for us for the for any of the equine professional services team or or the you know Merck Animal Health equine team that don't has please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you can you know through the, either the uh, Merck Animal Health website or also just uh, a direct line to our equine professional services team if if you have a question or an inquiry or we can help you in any way. That number is eight six six. Three four nine, three four nine seven, and um, you know we're just looking forward to. So if you have any questions or there's anything we can help you with, don't hesitate to give us a call. Any of us would be happy to help you in any way we can. And a little side note, Kim, if you don't mind me mentioning, you know when I was when I was listening to to Chrissy talk about mentoring new grads and introducing them into practice, you know, there's a lot of veterinarians out there in the field that that have sometimes uh, an interest in in going into industry and. And those of us who are in industry, uh, Merck Animal Health, as well, well as the other uh, companies, um, those of us in industry are always more than happy to share our thoughts regarding uh, what we do as, as veterinarians uh, in industry. So I just encourage people, if you ever have questions or in, interested or want to know about practice within industry, we're always more than happy to visit with you about that as well. Well, that all be quiet. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for that, Dr. Barnett. And I want to let our uh, listeners know that I will in the article on equimanagement.com for this particular podcast, I will list all of these topics out with the, you know, the, the speakers and so forth. So they will be very easy to find. And, you know, if, as we were going through these, so you won't, won't miss any of them. But again, we, we want to make sure that you, uh, Come back and listen to the podcast again on December 31st, and we'll kind of say, hey, what were the takeaways from this and some of the talks? So we, we appreciate um, all our listeners joining us today for this episode of Disease Du Jour, and a very special thanks to our 20 and 2021 sponsor, Merck Animal Health. We invite you to visit equimanagement.com's latest Disease Du Jour podca uh, podcast article pages, and take our disease to your survey so we know how to better serve you with the podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can also send me an email to kbrown at aimmedia.com. The Disease to Your podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.